Despite a lot of controversy, schools across the nation have been opened with schools in the Western Cape opening first. And this week we have seen a rise in positive COVID-19 cases amongst schools with a, a coronavirus cluster outbreak in the Eastern Cape, about 200 children and uh, educators. Today, the Department of Basic Education said that it was working with health officials to help pupils, educators, as well as parents with this particular outbreak. Now, Basic Education Minister Angie Macheka said that cases being reported in schools show that many people already had the virus but were unaware of it until they were screened and uh, this may be the case but it does not alleviate the worry many people have around sending their children to school during this particular time. Um, I'm one of those parents, I've got an eight-year-old who has got, it's got to go back to school on the 6th of July, I think it is, because I think schools close between the 20th, or at least her school closes between the 26th and the 6th of July, and she's got to go back to school again. So I'm sitting with that particular worry. So with schools being open for a while, uh, we thought we would check in on how things are going and how uh, things are, are going with our schools in the Western Cape specifically. And joining us now is Kerry Marshlin, uh, spokesperson for the Western Cape uh, Minister of Education, Debbie Schaefer, at the Western Cape Government. Uh, Kerry, a very Good evening to you and welcome to Cape Talk. Thank you so much for chatting to me this evening. Uh, schools in the Western Cape are open for almost a month. Um, I know that uh, the day schools opened, I sent the minister a WhatsApp message saying, um, good luck, I'm thinking <laughs> of you today. What has been some of the biggest triumphs and challenges you've seen in the past few weeks? Oh, yeah, it's been it's been quite an experience. Um, I think from outside uh, organizationally, it's been a tough and challenging time. And I think also for our schools and our parents and learners at our schools, this is a very new and unusual and uncomfortable environment. And I think the thing that's really stood out for me as a positive over this past, as we say, nearly a month, um, has been the way that learners have just stepped up to the plate and followed all those new weird protocols that they have to follow at school, um, how many of them have come back to school and how excited they were to do so, but are doing so in a sort of very responsible way. And we've seen some incredible stuff that has come out of our schools so far. And um, I think a big thank you from the department and from the minister to all of those teachers and principals and parents who put in the work to allow those kids to be able to come back to school as safely as we can possibly make it. Um, so that's really been a positive that stood out for me. Mm. Kerry, I know that there were some initial concerns because our, our schools went back a week earlier than what the national schools um, went back. But, uh, you know, um, um, Minister Debbie Schaefer said that, listen, we were told that our schools need to go back. We got our schools prepared. We got everything uh, sorted out. Um, but we still saw one or two principals putting up on Facebook that in his office he's got a 25 litre of hand sanitizer and a 25 litre of bleach. Have all those sort of niggling problems been sorted out? Yes, I think by and large they have. Um, obviously, that was just the first amount of deliveries that happened in time for the first batch of learners. Um, because, as you can imagine, the volumes to deliver to the number of schools that we have, um, the volumes that we were ordering in were massive. And we thought rather than waiting for, for all of the things to arrive and then dumping them at a school at the last minute, we would much rather um, 
have things delivered as they came about. So that caused some uncertainty in terms of how much people were receiving and how much um, how much they thought it would need to last for. And obviously now that we're going towards another batch of learners arriving on the 6th of July, um, more items are being delivered all the time. And um, I'm Again, it's a huge thank you to the principals and schools who did have problems with deliveries, who got in touch with their district and said, hey, just so you know, we are in this situation. Many of them had made alternative arrangements already, but then obviously we needed to address those as quickly as possible. And um, that's really been the aim, is to ask um, schools to communicate with us and let us know what was happening. Uh, and, And thank you to those that did. Mm. And it's always it's always a case of uh, we go to Facebook first before we actually phone the department. Eh? <laughs> exactly, which is which is a difficulty I think, particularly in this time uh, of COVID nineteen. It's never before has it been quite so important that we get our facts straight and that um, we we don't just give first impressions. And I've seen a lot of stuff that's been shared about how I mean, we had a difficulty this week with some a, a message going around social media saying that. All the hand, hand sanitizer we delivered was fake. I mean, that kind of stuff is very, very hard to battle when people are frightened and people are anxious. And then to have to try and push back at that kind of information, it's very frustrating. And, and I wish people wouldn't do it. But um, by and large, we have seen school communities being very responsible on this front. Kerry Mochlin chatting to us. She's a spokesperson for Education, MEC Debbie Schaefer, and we're chatting about the schools. And just to check up as to exactly where our schools are, how ready our schools are, and and whether the parents are satisfied. 0214460567. If you are still in doubt, I think you know people who are sort of grade three, grade four, and maybe grade eight and grade nine, or grade nine and grade ten, somewhere around there. Um, I don't know exactly who has gone back to school because the private schools have sent back their children at a different level to what the public schools have actually sent uh, sent their children back. All eyes are on the Eastern Cape now with their spike in COVID-19 positive cases at schools and what lessons uh, can we learn from that situation and what pre- precautions um, have been put in place to avoid similar situations happening here, Kerry? Absolutely, that is a very concerning case and it was uh, what I've is quite great was that uh, the various provinces are speaking to one another very frequently about this and to the national government. We were alerted to the situation quite quickly and said, listen, this is the kind of thing that can happen. And obviously our first instinct was, um, even though we have quite a detailed protocol that we've given to schools in terms of hostels um, and hostel safety and, and in fact protocols for every aspect of school safety in this regard, was to really examine ours and say, listen, could this be a scenario that occurred here? Um, and to provide some extra um, information on that front to schools. Um, I think, in a way, the Western Cape has sort of done the test driving for a lot of things uh, before other provinces have experienced quite the number of cases that we've had. We always expected that we were going to have cases in schools. We were never going to have no cases at schools. They're simply, we have community transmission, so it's to be expected. So our big goal is to try and isolate those cases when we can, um, when they occur, and make sure that a very detailed protocol is followed to prevent that infection from spreading to anyone else. And, And that's really ultimately what it comes down to is, is managing this illness that's going to be with us for 
I mean, the, the health experts were saying for the next year and a half. So, so we have to get good at handling it um, as quickly as possible. And I think we, we've got a lot of experience of, in that first off as the Western Cape. Mm. There's still a lot of anxiety surrounding um, going to school for both parents and educators. And how many children are actually going back to school? Are you finding that, um, you know, out of a class of 35, you've only got uh, 15 or 18 children coming back to school? Mm. So roughly at the moment, we we have an estimate of around 60% attendance physically in class. But that doesn't necessarily mean that the learners staying home are not um, are, are not attending um, because a lot of our learners also have comorbidities and they're allowed to have a concession to stay home as a result. So when you add them in as well, uh, the attendance is actually looking pretty good at this point. Um, however, you know, it's going to take a while. I think a lot of people have also been in a wait and see scenario. And since we have a lot more grades arriving uh, on the 6th, we're going to see some changes in those patterns as well. Um, yeah, it's it's difficult also to to determine exactly how many, um, but at the moment our goal is to try and have every learner have access to education, be it if they're at home with a comorbidity or if they're at school. Chatting this evening to Kerry Mochlin, is the spokesperson to the Education MEC for the Western Cape. And if you have any concerns, 021-446-0567. If you have any WhatsApp notes, voice notes that you'd like to send us, it's on 0725671567. Have you, have you guys actually gone back after like two or three weeks and gone to visit a couple of schools and see whether the protocols are in place? We've had, uh, our circuit managers are always on the ground visiting schools. So wherever something has occurred, they are there and our district directors do it as well. Um, Minister's calendar has been pretty full recently, as has the HOD. But I'm hoping to have some more visits lined up for next week just to touch base with schools, especially schools that have reached out to us and said, look, we're doing these really innovative things. Would you like to see um, and, and, and it's about that learning, really. So, uh, yeah, the visits are constant, um, not necessarily from Minister Schaefer or from the HOD, but certainly from our officials. They're on the ground all the time because that's the only way you know what's happening. Mm. We, uh, you know, I'm, I'm part of a sort of a scholar transport um, forum um, and and we've we've had a chat to our members because obviously what we now need to do is we now need to send out notifications to the parents saying, when your child goes to school with us um, in the vehicle, this is what's going to be happening. We cannot take all the children. We can only take five or six out of every 10 children that we would normally transport. They need to come with the mask. They then uh, get tested in terms of their temperature before they actually get into the vehicle. You know, all of those things basically are in place. Um, have has the department looked at at the scholar transport issue because you know the legal transporters are fine, but there are a number of illegal transporters who don't even want to spend the nine hundred or seven hundred rand to invest in a in in a thermometer. Absolutely, and and that is a difficulty for us because, as you say, in terms of we can control what happens in our own uh, school transport operators, uh, but when it comes to private operators. What we really have to do is rely on our principals who are seeing children who are being dropped off or picked up, 
to uh, and parents who are also following what's happening in this transport, as well as learners. So there are numbers um, that people can report any issue that's occurring on transport in violation of the regulations. I know that the Department of Transport and Public Works has a number that you, you actually don't phone, you, you sort of text it and it gives um, options for you to report. And so that kind of responsibility, I'm, I'm very glad to hear that uh, um, as part of a forum, you would be sending that information out. But to assist as well for anyone who is operating um, maybe a, a carpool kind of thing, we do have on our WCED website, we have a guideline for safety of learners when they're being transported um, to and from school. So you can definitely check that out. It covers, it's in line with the national regulations for transport. So that might be really helpful as well to have a look at. Mm, it'll be great to have that number where people can actually text and report um, illegal transporters who are not adhering to the salt. Because it's, the problem with the illegal transporters that we've uh, discovered, and I'm not knocking the illegal transporters, we've actually encouraged a number of them to become legal and we've actually assisted uh, a number of transporters to actually you know, uh, apply for their permits and to become legal. So yeah, that's that's one. It's a, it's a very big concern because um, you know, people will say, say to you but um, kids come out of this area that area and uh, a school is a very mixed situation these days it's not just you know pupils from a specific area pupils are transported uh, from different areas uh, into a particular school and uh, and and you ha- and you do have problems and you have problems where for instance if one area has a very high rate of infection um and the and the school is situated in a very low risk area uh, then you have that particular problems um chatting this evening to Kerry Mahlin who is the spokesperson for the education MEC and if you have any questions for her 0214460567 or on the WhatsApp line 0725671567 what pressing issues still needs to be addressed in schools and we know that you know the access to PPE for students and educations are always a priority and um, you know are these readily available and the sort of follow up I know that the principals will have to say I'm, I don't have any more sanitizer please send me some more Sure, absolutely. And those deliveries are happening at the moment. So in preparation for the 6th of July, expansion of extra numbers of learners. Um, So in terms of our priority, that's our next big date is to have a new batch of learners arriving, which is going to be a bit more difficult than the first round was. Because when you've only got grade 12s, for example, coming back to school, you've got lots of classrooms that you can spread them out in. Um, so that they can maintain that 1.5 meter um, physical distance the whole time. Mm. And now, if you've, as you've got more grades coming back in, you've still got to maintain that. Um, so schools have been very hard at work developing their plans on how they're going to do that. So for some, they're going to have alternate grades on alternating days. Um, for others, they're doing some learners in the morning, some learners in the afternoon. Our big thing was to make sure that um, schools themselves were able to have as much choice in that as possible so that they could, because every school situation is different. Every school situation is unique. And so we wanted to empower them in that way. And that's what we're busy working on with schools at the moment. Um, so so that's, that's our sort of big next date. But what's making it a bit difficult at the moment is that we've had a lot of instances where instead of working with us, we've had um, processes, wanting to shut down schools, 
or forced school closures or even threatening teachers and learners, which is utterly unacceptable. And this makes it harder because that just adds to that fear that people are already experiencing instead of letting our schools get down to the work that they're trying to do. Um, so those are our big challenges that we're sort of facing at the moment in the run-up to, to the next batch of learners arriving. Mm. I think that there are still people who are advocating that we should write off the 2020 school year. But I think, you know, if you were sitting and writing off the 2020 school year and we are going to have this virus with us for another year and a half to two years, then, uh, you know, the same people will tell us that we need to write off the 2021 school year also. Kerry, exactly. <laughs> Kerry, thank you so much and um, good luck with everything heading forward. I think you guys are looking forward to at least that uh, 26th of June to the 6th of July, bit of holiday and a bit of a break. Uh, do enjoy it and thank you for your time this evening. Thank you so much for having me.